Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by Green Mountain at Fox Run, the premier retreat for women who struggle with eating and weight concerns. Visit fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi and welcome to episode 63 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Have you ever described yourself as a closet eater or have you ever admitted that you've eaten all of your roommate's food or some of your family's food? Have you found yourself sneaking around eating um, food and just not wanting anyone else to see what you're doing? If you can relate to any of those, I think you're going to really appreciate this episode's letter. Um, the person writes about her own personal experience with her tumultuous relationship with food. And it is her own experience, but I have a feeling that a lot of the things that she experienced, you can relate to. So we're gonna be unpacking a lot of stuff today. So let's go ahead and get to this episode's letter.
Dear Food, we've got a majorly dysfunctional relationship. Since I can literally remember, I have felt different because of the way I relate to you. For this reason, we've always had a secret. Secrets are cool and all until they make me feel so heavy, literally and figuratively. And really, our issue is probably no secret at this point. For those close to me and even frequent acquaintances, they've seen my body composition and appearance change at least five times in the last seven years. Let's talk about the different I have felt, even in my early years of elementary school. Comparison. It started then. How I looked in shorts, dresses, short sleeve shirts, and bathing suits. It wasn't just my round face, but my thick arms and legs, plus a plump belly. My size was typically the extra large girls option, or 16, the highest it could go before advancing to juniors. I had friends, and I was very loved, adored, and cherished by my big family. My sense, sense of worth has never been questioned. It was a simple comparison of my body against others and the self-talk I held in my head. I accepted it, though, because I had this special relationship with you that I could imagine no alternative to. I remember always being excited about you, always thinking about you, finishing every last bit of you, and wondering, even at the age of seven or eight, if other kids my age thought of you like this. I didn't talk to anyone about it, though. It was our secret. This may seem like a random story, Food, but I distinctly distinctly remember coming out of a tonsillectomy at the age of four. My mom has told me that before getting my tonsils removed, I I choked on you often. I was unable to eat much of you because of how enlarged they had gotten. As I look at pictures from my childhood, I was a thin little girl until after four years old. I understand now the effect of restricting you or feeling deprived of you, such as a diet, can lead to binging of you and entering a survival mode. Is it possible that the time period I was unable to eat much of you set me up for the binge eating disorder that I am so struck by now in my life? Is that the root of where our problems began? The sneak eating? Seriously, I'm a closet eater for sure. I take you from others, always have. The candy my sister would stash in her drawers or the stash of goodies my parents would try and hide for themselves. Someone's restaurant leftovers in the fridge. Oh, and my poor roommate's food. All of them I've had. What's a couple bites of their ice cream? A few handfuls of chips or a couple servings of peanut butter? The couple bites of you typically turns into into devouring all of it. You know, I just replace you. Trek to the store with a list of things I need to replace before she returns home. That's pretty insane considering I am a moral, loyal, respectful, and ethical person. I work in human resources for goodness sakes. But you, food, us, our relationship now makes me question these characteristics about myself. I'm incredibly blessed. I know where I stand with my creator and I have everything I could ever need except for the normal relationship with you that I hear described in the Love Food podcast. I'm a glutton. I kind of fantasize about you and what I will decide to load my basket with at the store each night after work or even midday when I feel like I need you. I go to the convenience store and load up on all the chocolatey, peanut buttery goodness plus ice cream and can't forget the chewy candy. Gotta have that balance. And thank God for self-checkout. So I really have to feel the shame against a cashier. As satisfying as I think you're going to be, I go to bed uncomfortably full, but still feel I did not get enough. What need am I trying to fulfill with this vice? 
In the fourth grade is the first time that a classmate referred to me as fat in front of others. Shortly after that, I attended a few Weight Watchers meetings with my dad, who wanted to shed some pounds he put on in his 40s. That is probably where I first understood the diet and exercise thing. It didn't last long, though. My love for you and our secret relationship would hinder. So I went on and became a more reserved, quiet young girl. I was always nice and liked, but I made no effort to try many new things and into my teenage years would hold back going to dances, being adventurous, going to water parks or the lake, all because the shame I felt in my body because of the constant overeating. The summer of 2010 is when I decided to make a lifestyle change. I became very active, lots of cardio, ate clean. Now I know I probably restricted calories, but still had a sense of balance and wouldn't refuse dessert. Throughout my senior year of high school, I became a new person. I felt alive though. Every once in a while, over the course of the next year, I would have a binge, but still ended up losing X pounds and a normal weight for my height of five foot four. A year later, I had resorted to my former lifestyle and relationship with you. Every day was a binge fest. Then I would be on track for a couple days, but the exercise stopped and eventually made it back to my fat clothes. A couple years went by and I was in a depressive state. So I, I strapped on my big girl pants, no pun intended, and set out to find energy and a healthy body again. This time was different. Not so much calorie restriction and I even found flexible dieting. Nothing was off limits, but I tracked every macronutrient. I was active and pursued lifting weights while, where I also learned to use you food to complement my strength training and achieve a body composition that was paired with a muscular frame and a smaller jean size. I wore shorts, skirts, dresses, tank tops, and felt confident until one day, you know the rest. And you know that cycle has happened again. Why is it that one day I give up and all the progress I made quickly dissolves? Now I sit here, unable to fit or feel comfortable in many of my clothes. I haven't been active in three months. Each day is a binge. And I stare at a stack of books that I call the one day I'll fix my relationship with food stack. I started collecting these books a couple years ago when I truly realized that binge eating disorder was a thing and I was not the only one. Four months ago, I saw a counselor a few times. She was very body positive and her work focused on meeting needs to fix my relationship with you. She challenged me to not pursue weight loss and told me that true health does not have one size. At the time, I thought it was impossible for me, the girl that has always had an effed up relationship with you, to change my mindset of what healthy looked like for me. I either binge every day or I pursue weight loss and track you all day. There was no in between. So I stopped going to see her. I found the Love Food podcast a couple months ago and have begun trying to get to the root of it all. It takes work, it seems hard food. I actually broke down today as I write this to you. I just cannot believe that this is such an issue in my life. People are starving and I spend tons of money and time on you. I spend so much time in my head. How do I get out? I'd like to not waste the rest of my 20s so preoccupied with all things food and body. Because of my up and down, back and forth relationship with you, I have horridly abnormal digestion and I worry that one day I'll end up with type 2 or heart disease. I also worry that because I'm in such a devoted relationship with you, 
I'll never allow myself to find a husband and let him in. I have made more of an effort the last few months to just live and spend time with my friends and meet new ones. It feels good to go out for dinner and drinks. I enjoy being with people that I can be myself with, but I constantly think about after we're done hanging out, what am I going to eat? I know that you food are vital to life, that sharing meals with others is a blessing. You are a blessing. I love you and all that you have to offer. Actually, I love all food and I'm thankful for my palate that it acquires many tastes, but I also find this odd satisfaction biting into a donut, cookie, or bag of candy that I often crave, that feeling of eating you. Julie Duffy Dillon says that on average, recovery takes six or seven years. Correct me if I'm wrong, but whatever it may be, I'm exhausted already at only 24. Let's start now, not when it's too late. Love, professional sneak eater. Before we explore this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Green Mountain at Fox Run, the pioneering women's retreat to help you find peace with food, fitness, and your body in Ludlow, Vermont. For over 40 years, Green Mountain has developed sustainable, non-diet strategies for women who struggle with weight, emotional and binge eating, and feelings of food addiction. Last year, Green Mountain opened its Women's Center for Binge and Emotional Eating, the only clinical program in the nation dedicated solely to women suffering with binge eating disorder and emotional eating. Ready to set yourself free from dieting and restrictions, untruths and fads? Visit fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information about Green Mountain at Fox Run and the Women's Center for Binge and Emotional Eating. A life free of weight, eating and body struggles is closer than you think. Visit fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information. Hi there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. And with all this sneaking around, you have got to be exhausted. So I'm so glad you wrote this. And I look forward to sharing with you my thoughts over the next few minutes. I really hope they help and to kind of take off some of that burden that you've been experiencing for pretty much your whole life. And I know in your letter, you are questioning, how did this whole binge eating disorder begin? And you brought up something that happened when you were four, you know, getting this minor surgery, but noticing that your body got bigger after that. And of course, you know, those of us who are listening to your words, we weren't there. So it's hard to know exactly what happened, but I know some normal things that development that happen around that time. When we are around five, sometimes a little bit later when we're closer to six, all of us humans go through something called adiposity rebound. And it's a time that we dietitians know that it's normal for a child's body to change, um, in particular to add a lot more fat to his or her body. And, you know, just like so many other things that are so, so cool with our body that it prepares us for transitions and change. It's like our body knows before we do what we're going to need. And when we are around five and six, our body knows, you know, that's like when we're around kindergarten age, that by the time we're done with second grade, we look completely different. Um, our body goes through a lot of um, increase in height. And things like our um, immunity and um, 
all these other different processes in our body are maturing very rapidly. So our body has a lot of need and um, the body knows that as a child, we're not going to be able to get all that in. So it stores it. And so I wonder for you if somehow that surgery coincidentally fell around that time. Um, it could have been close to it. And, um, you know, we do live in this world that is certainly not kind. And I, I actually think is quite discriminatory towards people who are in larger bodies. It can be really tough to walk around this world in a fat body. And I wonder for you if, you know, you, you appear to be someone who's pretty savvy with how the world is experiencing you. And I wonder if your little four, five, and six-year-old self, if you picked up on that before you even had words for it, you really understood that your body wasn't acceptable. And, oh, that that just hurts for me to even say. Um, I have young children at home, and I feel like just any human to be treated that way is, um, it's just disgusting that our world does that. And as you started to get older and people pointed it out to you, so now you had words to this experience, like you mentioned in in fourth grade, um, I know that your family thought it would be helpful to go on diets together. And I say this recognizing that your family did what they thought was best, the most caring, um, kind thing to do. And so I'm not saying this in a way to point fingers, but what I really want to tell the world is that if you have a child or a teenager in your life and they come to you saying that they don't like your weight, their weight and that they want to lose weight, to not go on a diet with them, to not start an exercise regimen with them. Because what that is saying is that, oh yeah, I agree. Your body's not acceptable. You're not acceptable the way you are. Instead to say, I love you no matter what, no matter what your body looks like, no matter how your skin looks, no matter how your hair looks, no matter what your grades are. I love you no matter what, because unconditionally, I love you. And again, I don't think your father was saying this um, on purpose, but I think it's a subtle cue that our world does provide to a child. It tells them that they're unacceptable to go on a diet with them. And I do think that's where the tug of war began. Every binge starts with not eating enough earlier. And it looks like that tug of war relationship really began in that moment. And what I encourage you, letter writer, and anyone else who's experiencing the same thing, because honestly, letter writer, I don't know if you get this, but there are a lot of people walking with you on the same very path, right next to you, feeling the same shame and like they're sneaking around and isolated by it. But y'all, there are so many people with you right now doing the exact same thing. And I would encourage you, letter writer, and anyone who can relate to your to your letter to drop your weapons, drop them, stop the fighting, sit down and rest, and let's figure out what's the next best step for you. Whenever a person has been engaged in binge eating disorder um, and experiencing that kind of tug of war of binging and then doing the opposite, which is dieting or restricting, or a lifestyle change, you know, whatever you want to call it. What does Shakespeare say? A rose by any, any other name is still a rose. I feel the same way about diets and restriction. So, but anyway, what I'm trying to say is that um, if a person is experiencing binging and then swings the other side and restricts, 
and then decides to put down all the weapons and to rest and to figure out the next step. A natural next step in that pendulum is a binge. And the more that a person tries to run from that and to avoid it and to cloak themselves with shame, the more the binging and restricting will continue. I say that because I know it's a hard pill to swallow, but in sitting with folks as they recover from binge eating disorder, that's what I am recognizing is just part of the healing process. And for you, letter writer, and many p- people listening, I think that binge eating disorder has a really fabulous function. You know, there was something that was going on, some kind of unmet need, um, some kind of experience that the binging disconnects you from. And so it's really important as a person stops fighting their body and stops dieting that actively pursues to no longer torture their body with diets, to have someone with them on their journey that is trained, that gets it, and that can help. And yes, recovering from binge eating disorder is going to take on average for a lot of people, around seven years. I know that's a long time. I hate saying it. I hate admitting it, but I have to admit it because so far that's what the research is pointing us toward. But it is also something that I hope you can uh, reframe as, you know, you're not doing this wrong. If you're trying really hard to recover and you're still feeling um, the binges, you're still feeling so ashamed of them, then I hope you can use that data that it takes a long time to recover to know that you're not doing it wrong, that we as a world need to support you. And that brings up a really good point, uh, letter writer. We as eating disorder practitioners know that eating disorders are messy and complicated, torturous monsters, and they take a team to help someone recover from. They are a medical condition that is all twisted with mental health and cultural discrimination. You know, we live in this really toxic world that hasn't even recognized it has an eating disorder yet. And so I feel like the time that you had, that short time that you had with a therapist that was pointing you towards body positivity was a blessing. An amazing seed was planted for you to just be exposed to um, not fighting your body anymore. And I know you took some steps away from that. It was really challenging, but it sounds like you're in a different place now. And as you move forward and decide when it's the best time for you to put down all those weapons and to stop fighting, you really want to get back to counseling. And I would also say if, if you or anyone listening really feels like you have binge eating disorder, um, even though it may seem simple to recover from and, um, you know, the eating part, you may feel like you already know what to do. You can read all the books that you want, but you still will find that you'll need a dietitian. So I feel like it is gold standard to uh, have a counselor and also a dietitian to help recover. And what you'll find is that's a catalyst. So maybe that average length of time of recovery that research is putting out there, maybe it'll be shorter for you but you'll find it so much easier when you are surrounded by professionals who've walked people through this whole journey, this whole process of recovery, and they can kind of give you insight along the way and help you decide what's the next best step for you. And I I really feel like you're worth this kind of recovery. You mentioned in your letter that you are 
you called yourself a glutton. And I just want to, I, I hated even saying that word in the letter. I almost wanted to take it out, but I, but I didn't because I wanted to let you know that I don't think you're a glutton. I think what you are is knee deep in shame. Um, you have isolated yourself with these behaviors and because of the eating disorder, I don't think you did it on purpose. <laughs> I think it was more of a part of the, the disease itself. But I think rather than a glutton, I think you are knee deep in shame. And having a team with you will help you to take that heavy weight off. You mentioned your letter, feeling heavy, um, figuratively and literally, and I can totally appreciate that. And I feel like part of that weight on your shoulders is the shame. So let's let's get that off. You um, mentioned in your a letter something that kind of made me chuckle a little bit because I can totally relate is um, the books of um, helpful kind of insight to help you move forward on your recovery that you're going to eventually get to. I have a similar stack on my bedside table. So when I was thinking about what we should put on our food um, piece syllabus this episode, I was thinking about that. You know, you already have a stack. And if you're new to the podcast, the food piece syllabus is a collection of resources that we have gathered over the course of the podcast to help further enhance your journey to body positivity, food peace, and we have podcasts and books and um, blog posts, any kind of resources we can really think of. So what I was wondering is, especially because you're listening to this podcast, maybe audiobooks were the way to go for you. In particular, the women who wrote Intuitive Eating have a fabulous audiobook. It has the whole text of intuitive eating, but it also has these added meditations and exercises that they have come up with, which I feel like are worth it. Even if you already have read the intuitive eating book, it's so worth it to have their voices in your ears directing you, um, which honestly is priceless. And um, they also have have created these extra exercises to help. And I um, was totally thrilled to have Evelyn Triboli, one of the co-authors of intuitive eating on this love food podcast um, on episode uh, 62 was the one right before this. So check it out if you haven't listened to it yet. Uh, and then another thing I was thinking about too is a couple of different podcasts. One is Life Unrestricted and another is Food Psych. Those are two podcasts that would further help um, cultivate your journey towards body positivity. I think they give you some more resources. And then lastly, a book that I feel like is a wonderful one to put on your bedside table. I know it's one that I have had before and it's each chapter is just a few pages Actually, it's not even a few pages. Some of them are just a few paragraphs. And it's meant just to be read daily um, as a meditation. And I, I find for me, someone who has kind of like an ADD experience with books, I love these types because I get through them. And um, they, they serve as a really like a meditation to, I usually read them before bed and, and it just helps the sleep process as well. So I'm gonna point you in the direction of one of these. It's called Beautiful You. A Daily Guide to Radical Self-Acceptance by Rosie Molinari. And it's a beautiful book. And I think you'd find it really helpful, especially as you're doing this work with a counselor and a dietitian. So letter writer, food is written back. I'm excited to see what food has to say. Um, and I really appreciate your letter. Thank you for taking the time to do it. And I hope that as I'm saying these words and as you're listening, you're putting down those weapons because it's your time. It's your time now to recover. Take care. Dear professional sneak eater, 
we appreciate you don't like how we have defined our relationship. This hot and cold, all or nothing courtship hurts. There is another way. And don't turn away from us this time. What if we found a middle road where it felt calmer, flexible, and without much comparison? This does exist for you. We need assistance as we tear down the debris to get this new path. But you know what? This new path leads to a glorious view. The beautiful, precious human spirit that is you. Love, food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your dear food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food series. Have you enjoyed the show or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrd. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.